Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Marcello. It's been a long time. Uh, last week was a bye week. I had some things come up, and then uh, uh, I was hoping to record a podcast um, on Monday night. I got really sick. I'm still a little sick. I don't know if it's food poisoning or a stomach bug. I'm just very weak, and uh, yeah, I don't feel good. So... Anyway, I'm, I'm recording this podcast from my office. I'm trying not to uh, get anybody else sick, so um, that's a good thing. You cannot get sick over uh, a podcast. That's what I've been told. It cannot be transmitted unless there's some like new technology out there that allows uh, biological material to, tra- to travel through uh, techno- technological devices. I have no idea what I just said because my brain zapped. Anyway, thanks for joining me. Um, huge week. Huge next three weeks, as we all know. Auburn hosts Georgia this week. Deep South Soldiers rivalry. The last time potentially Auburn's going to face Georgia in the month of November. Isn't that crazy? Start next year, Auburn's going to play Georgia in October. Next year's date is October tenth. Strange to think, but that's what's going to happen. But uh, huge game for a lot of reasons. Georgia number four in the newest college football playoff rankings. Auburn's number twelve. Uh, Georgia trying to make that push to get into the playoff race. Obviously, the playoff started today. They'd be in there, but I think Georgia, as we all know, has to win out because of their loss at home to South Carolina uh, earlier this season. And I think it's all going to shake itself out when the uh, SEC championship game rolls around. I think that's how the playoff committee sees it. But Auburn's got an opportunity here uh, to be – to be the, the, the bringer of chaos, and much like in, in 2017. I think the difference here, though, is Auburn probably will not make the playoff if it wins out, whereas in 2017, Auburn would have made the playoff if it won out because it would have went to the SEC championship game, and and uh, it did go to the SEC championship game. And if they had beaten Georgia again, uh, they would have went to the playoff. It said Georgia won, and Georgia went to the SEC championship. It went to the excuse me the playoff. Uh, but um, we'll talk more about that. I got a lot of questions this week. We're going to do a lot of Q and A this week here on the podcast uh, about Auburn. A lot of you asking about what, where Auburn can end up in the playoff rankings by the end of the season, depending on all these crazy scenarios everybody wants to bring up. Uh, we'll try to get into that here in a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk uh, for a few minutes here about. Uh, this I, I don't know who's bringing it up, 
but I know it's on our message boards, and I'm sure it's elsewhere. I've only seen it written by like one national writer who I respect, and that's Bruce Feldman, tremendous reporter. Uh, bringing up Gus Malzahn's name as a potential candidate. Not now he's not saying he is a candidate, a potential candidate at Arkansas, where Gus Malzahn played receiver as a walk-on for a year, where he was a offensive coordinator for a year back in 2006. It's also where he grew up, uh, or I shouldn't say grew up. He grew up in Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is about an hour south of Fayetteville, and uh, coached in Springdale High in Shiloh Christian there for about a decade uh, in Northwest Arkansas, which is just, you know, stone's throw away from University of Arkansas. Um, here, here's what I could say. We all know what happened two years ago when that job came open and Brett Bielema was fired. Gus Malzahn was their number one choice at Arkansas. Um, and you guys know this. I'm from Arkansas. I've got a lot of friends up there. Well, I wouldn't say friends necessarily. I mean, some close people I know um, that, that know things and have been around there for years. And not just around Arkansas, but around the program. Um, and at that time, it was Gus was the guy for them. And I remember after that SEC championship game, I made it a point to follow Gus Malzahn off the field and video him just to see kind of his reaction, see what his, you know, obviously you don't want to look for clues, you know, <laughs> you try to look for clues like, oh, this guy's totally done. But I was videotaping it because I thought it's possible. I didn't think it was likely, but it was possible he could go by going to Arkansas. Because at that point, heading into the Saturday of the SEC championship game, I had heard that Auburn was working on a new deal with him and that he was not leaving. So anyway, I, I followed him out. Did my thing just to say, hey, if this was video of him leaving after coaching his last Sovereign game, I've got it on tape and fans will want to see that. So anyway, but likely he wasn't going. Meanwhile, the folks at Arkansas at the time were saying that they were expecting an answer within 48 hours. They're expecting an answer by that Monday. Um, quickly, things changed Sunday. Nothing was going to happen. And Gus's people, Jimmy Sexton, whoever, uh, burned at least in the eyes of some of those Arkansas folks, boosters and everybody, burned a bridge. And to give you a little history about Gus Malzahn at Arkansas, when he was at Arkansas for a year and then left, and there was this whole end battle with Houston Nutt that was going on. Uh, you know, Gus brought in five, six kids from Springdale High with him when he became the offensive coordinator, and then like most of them left. And then he left for Tulsa after only one season. And so it was a weird, very weird situation. A lot of family drama, so to speak, if you want to compare it to anything. And so you had like two factions that were kind of split on Gus as a person and whether he was an answer for them. But, you know, time heals wounds. Time erases memories. Um, time puts things in perspective. So when Bielema was fired, they, they thought, hey, Let's bring our hometown boy, so to speak, back home. He's not being appreciated by Auburn. Maybe if we offer him all this money, he'll take it. Well, Auburn said, hey, we'll match that deal. And for better or worse, Auburn did that, and now they're in a deal where they owe him at least 75% of the $49 million of that seven-year deal that they gave him. Um, of course, he's now in the 
second season of that seven-year deal. So here we are today. The Arkansas job's open. Chad Morris was fired after only 22 games. Never beat a Power 5 opponent, which, of course, includes the SEC. Lost, what was it, four games against a group of five teams. Just incredible, horrible uh, success rate there. Gus and Chad Morris were good friends. And I'll just say it. When when Arkansas couldn't get Gus Malzahn, they went and got Gus Malzahn light. And that was Chad Morris. Morris hadn't really proven himself as a head coach on the college level. He had one winning season at SMU before he took the Arkansas job. Um, I'd argue that Chad Morris probably needed four years to rebuild that Arkansas program. You can't go from one extreme to the other, where Brett Bielema was getting 300-pound, 400-pound, nearly 400-pound linemen and and running the ball at people, and then you bring in Chad Morris, who's supposed to do this hurry-up, no-huddle offense, throwing the ball a lot. How can you do that successfully? Plus, Chad Morris had recruited very well. In fact, their last recruiting class was considered by a lot of people the best recruiting class Arkansas's maybe ever had. So they fire him uh, after getting beat by Western Kentucky. The team kind of just quit on him. And now Gus's name's come up only in a couple of places. Um, but it's still being talked about. And, and a, a lot of Auburn fans are talking about it because I think a lot of – there's a faction of Auburn fans that just want Gus gone no matter what. And you, you all know that. And it's like this at pretty much every school. Whenever a coach gets past their fifth or sixth year or so, something like that, like year five, the fan base is pretty much split on you unless you've won like two national titles or something like that. Um because the old saying is, you know, you lose 10% of the fan base every year. And, you know, if you want to take that into consideration, Malzahn's lost 65, 67, 68% of the fan base so far as he heads to the end of his seventh year. Um, though I don't necessarily believe that. I just think that people who are very vocal are usually in the minority when it comes to coaching uh, decisions and questioning things. Having said that, they're big money guys at Auburn who haven't changed their mind over the last two years and still want them gone. They want them gone last December, and of course, nothing ever happened with that. And I don't think anything's going to happen this year either, unless, listen, like Auburn just loses like 14 to 3 games uh, to Alabama and Georgia, where the Auburn defense looks great and the Auburn offense looks bad. Um, because that would not reflect well on Gus Malzahn, offensive coach. So having said that, I don't think Gus Malzahn's looking for a way out. But things could change over the next three weeks. At that point, though, three weeks from now, my understanding is Arkansas is not targeting Gus Malzahn right now. They're targeting other folks. So if they get any nibbles with these other people, they may have already moved on from any candidate coming up to them last minute going, hey, I'm interested in your job. You know, say a Gus Malzahn trying to leave because he realizes the writing is on the wall at Auburn. Still, I don't know if Gus would even leave then. Um, he wants to be at a place where he win championships. And I think in a lot of ways, based off talking to people close to him, if he were to leave Auburn and take a job like Arkansas, he would be admitting to himself that he's never going to win a championship. Because I, I really don't care who you are as a coach. You are not going to be able to win a championship at Arkansas. 
whether it's a conference championship or let alone a national championship. It is darn near impossible that the geography of that place, um, having to recruit Texas where you're going to get second, third, fourth-hand players, um, trying to get into Memphis to get players, and then Arkansas as a state itself doesn't have tremendous amounts of talent, though there have been amazing talents that have come through there. Darren McFadden, um, uh, several receivers that were played under Bobby Petrino, um, Peyton Hillis, Matt Jones, uh, uh, Ryan Mallett. But those are just a few names. It's not every year where you go, wow, they got like four guys out of the state of Arkansas that are really good, like you would get out of Louisiana or definitely Texas, where it's like 15 players, 20 players, or even Alabama, and especially Georgia. And Auburn's in a spot where you can do that every year. You could, you don't have to just get the best players in Alabama. You get the best players in Georgia. You get the best players in Florida. You get the best players in Mississippi now, especially Auburn, which they've done over here the last two, three years. So I just don't see it happening, guys. And, I, and good on most of the national media for not bringing up Gus's name as a candidate because that ship sailed. Um when, when Auburn played Arkansas earlier this year, I was talking to some really, really uh, old friends in the business who have been covering Arkansas for a very long time, and we were talking the night before the game about uh, Chad Morris. And I was like, Are, you think they're going to fire him this year? And they're having the argument of whether or not he should and all this. And I said, okay, all right, let's say he gets fired this year. Who's their top guy? I said, is there any chance it's Gus? And Everybody in that room agreed with me that it was not Gus. That what happened two years ago was too much to overcome at this point. But I, I think that if it comes down to a situation where Arkansas still hasn't filled the job, and for some reason Gus Malzahn has a complete 180-degree turn on what he wants to do with his future, and he it desires the Arkansas job, maybe he's got a shot then. But at that point... After the Georgia and Alabama games, Arkansas might already have its guy. And I don't see anybody else being interested in Gus Malzahn. So, anyway, that's what I've heard. And, and, of course, there's always people at Auburn, and not just casual fans, but big-time boosters and people that just kind of tolerate Gus, and some of them just want him gone. But they're really not in a position of power to do it right now because of that huge buyout. The best thing for them, in their opinion, is Gus leaves on his own where he has to pay a $7 million buyout. And Auburn doesn't owe him anything, but it's very difficult to see that happening. So anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way. I discussed this earlier on the body get a message board, Auburn Undercover. Um, sparked quite the conversation. A lot of people on there are going, well, there's a lot of better coaches out there you could get. And I just keep saying who and tell me why, why they fit at Auburn and why they would come to Auburn. Because it's easy to say, yeah, we can get anybody better. Two SEC teams out of the West have been to the SEC championship game since 2013. It's Alabama and Auburn. That trend's going to be broken this year with LSU, most likely. But it's been Alabama and Auburn. I, I don't understand this obsession with just hoping your coach fails. I'm not saying Gus Malzahn is the best coach Auburn could have. What I'm saying is, is that 
right now he's the best coach I think they could get based off of the the talent bed that's out there. I don't because I, when I talk to people in this business, I don't know who would come here. I think Jimbo Fisher would have came here a few years ago. I'll say that from talking to folks a few years ago, even today. I think he would have came here instead of A&M. But as I've said earlier about with Gus in Arkansas, that ship sailed. Then again, I think Jimbo Fisher wouldn't owe Texas A&M a buyout at all if he wanted to leave, but I don't see why he'd want to leave there. Anyway, there's my little rant, my any intel, so to speak. We're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we're just going to open it up to questions from you, the listeners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm Brendan Marcel. Thanks for sticking around after that commercial. Let's get to Q&As directly. Uh, these come straight from Twitter. I ask for your questions. You guys have always delivered. Some of these repetitive questions. So if I skip, I don't, I'm not going to skip over them, but... If I'm very short with you, it usually just means that I don't want to be the one who says, yeah, this could happen. And then everybody's like, well, Brian, you said this could happen. Here's the thing. I'm not an all-knowing being. (laughs) Anyway, first question. Carson Haygood asks, if Auburn repeats what it did in 2017, do you see them making the playoff? It's a big if, but I wanted to pick your brain on this. Um, As I mentioned earlier on the show, no, I don't see it. Um, You know, the argument can be made if Auburn wins out. They would have beaten a top four Georgia team, a potentially top four Alabama team. Uh, in fact, I think they would be top four if Auburn were to beat Georgia. Um, Alabama would be top four at that point. Um, but the problem is Auburn's got two losses. One of them is going to be to a Florida team that's going to either be right outside the top 10 or in the top 10. Um, and then obviously LSU, which is, might go undefeated, but we need to see how that works out. Um, the other problem is, is Oregon, a team that you did beat, is already ahead of you in the rankings. So does Auburn jump Oregon, a one-loss Oregon, with the head-to-head matchup? Also, what about the other teams already ahead of Auburn? I just don't see it happening. I don't see a two-loss SEC team this year. And I would say this about Alabama. I mean, listen, if Alabama loses to Auburn, do you, do you think they're going to the playoff? Heck no. Um, I, I just don't see it happening, especially with the way Auburn's played here down the stretch. But if they were to beat Georgia and Alabama, that's great. I just don't know if it's enough. 
because I, I think what actually could hurt Auburn, this might sound weird. I, I know what actually could hurt Auburn is if, you know, LSU goes to the SEC championship game and plays Georgia and LSU just blows the doors off Georgia. I, I think that could hurt Auburn in that stance. But having said that, Auburn would be in the conversation. I don't know if I can make the argument one way or the other, but my gut feeling is Auburn would not be in the playoff. Just because, and I know it, I know it because it would incite it would incite a lot of debate because everybody would be like, "Well, Alabama made the playoff without reaching the SEC championship game." The problem here is it's a little bit different. I don't know. I I don't think you can lose. I don't know. I don't think you can lose two games the way, especially the one game, the Florida, the way you did. Um, and even LSU, where your offense has just been dreadful. Their offense would really have to show up in these two games. Like They'd have to show a progression. Not just winning the games, but I think in the committee's eyes, they want to see an Auburn team that has gotten better and isn't just feeding off of its home crowd. But I, I don't know. I can't answer that. So I know a lot of you are asking these questions about this. I don't know. But it would definitely be a debate going on in that committee room um, if Auburn were to win out. But I think it would be very difficult to get in because Auburn's just not going to make the SEC championship game. Uh, Taylor, or excuse me, Tyler Doyle asks, what are some of the things you're most looking forward to on Disney Plus? Um, I'm looking forward to not purchasing it and saving $5 a month. I have, I have a little interest in it, but then I look, actually looked today just because it launched and I was looking to see like what's on there. And it's just a bunch of like old fifties and sixties Disney live action movies that I could have watched on Disney channel in the early 1990s when they didn't have original programming. Why do I want to pay $5 a month for that? And, and, and especially this, apparently not all the Marvel movies are on there. Like you can't get the like all the Avengers movies, isn't that crazy? Um, and the only original programming I would have a slight interest in watching is The Mandalorian, and I've seen some very mixed re reviews on that. So I, I don't, I don't think I want to purchase that now. When the kids like a year or two older, <laughs> we might have to, because there'll be stuff on there he can watch. All right, uh, Matthew Johnson asks. You were, I was there in 2013 when Auburn lost to LSU. I was at both games in 2017 when Auburn lost to LSU. But I went to both the Georgia and Alabama games. I'll be at those games this year. So with these very specific circumstances in mind, does Auburn win both again? Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'll say that. I mean, if Auburn beats Georgia this week, you know, Nick Saban's never beaten a nine-win Auburn team. And Auburn will be a nine-win team going into the Iron Bowl. So. And we'll have predictions on uh, Auburn-Georgia, and we'll talk more about that matchup later this week on the podcast, and especially on our fearless forecasters. But I must say right now, I really like Auburn's chances against Georgia. Uh, Rusty says, do the powers that B, you really think that they can convince Gus to leave? If not, what is the point of all this stuff in the media? Rusty, number one, I don't know what you mean by all this stuff in the media. Um, as I mentioned, I've only seen it maybe at one or two spots. It's mostly being discussed by fans on Twitter and uh, on message boards. Um, and powers that be 
trying to convince Gus to leave. I, I haven't heard anybody trying to convince Gus to leave. So I don't know where that's coming out. Kaz Canella. Hey, Mr. Canella. Uh, Sal Canella's father asks, uh, okay, hypothetical. Oh, here we go. We went out. Bama's second loss. LSU loses one or wins out. Where are we projecting? Wow, that's a lot of hypotheticals. If LSU loses one, where they went out. All right. I think, hmm. You know, both of those circumstances. Listen, Bama's second loss would obviously have to be to Auburn. So I guess that's what you're saying. I think LSU losing would actually hurt Auburn. That would hurt Auburn. You'd want LSU to win out. So having said that, the best circumstances, Bama's only other loss being to Auburn, LSU winning out. And at that point, the committee would have something to uh, to discuss. Either way, Auburn would be a New Year's Six team. Uh, Bert asks, what are your thoughts on the offensive line going to next year with recent news of the three highly rated JUCO players in 2020? Um you know, the offensive line has been kind of average this year. I think we all know that. Um, can it get worse next year? I, I don't know. And I want to be honest with you, I don't think the coaches know either. I think one issue is, is this. that three JUCO guys coming in, and I think two of them are not going to be here early. They're not going to be here for the spring. That's not good. You want those guys in here immediately to start competing for starting jobs, but also getting used to the system. And if they're not coming into the summer, that's bad. That's not a good thing. I'm not saying bad, but it's not a good thing. So I don't know. No one knows. The coaches have no idea. They don't even have any inkling. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I know that's not what you hear, but it's just the truth. I could I could sit here and just tell you, like, yeah, it's going to be great, or it's going to be worse. I'm not going to do that. I'm just telling you, like, they have no idea. Um, James Thompson asks prediction for the basketball season, any inside info on the president's search info on quarterback recruiting for next year for a legit backup and or someone to compete against next. Well, those are three questions. Prediction for basketball season. Uh, there'll be borderline NCAA tournament team. Uh, they just beat South Alabama 70 to 69. They blew a 10 point lead. They had like four turnovers in the matter of 101 seconds and let South Alabama actually take a lead in the final minute. But Isaac Okoro took over and had a putback and an and one. They missed, he missed the free throw, which has been an issue uh, for Auburn, especially Tuesday night. Um, borderline NCAA tournament team. They should get better. My, my concerns for Auburn basketball is, are Austin Wiley. Just I think he is what he is. I, I don't know if he's going to have a huge year. Uh, Daniel Purefoy seems hot and cold. The great news for Auburn basketball is Isaac Okoro is just great. Um, I can't wait to see Devin Cambridge come into his own a little bit more. Um, and Javon McCormick's got to cut down the turnovers. It's been a little bit of an issue. Um, and Anthony McLemore seems to have a better hop in his step. I wrote that last week, and, man, I had fans jumping on me saying, no, what are you, what, who are you watching? Anthony McLemore didn't look good. Uh, okay. He looks good to me. Inside info on the president search, I have none. I don't know. I'm not sure if anybody does. Info on the quarterback recruiting for next year for legit backup. I know that Auburn went after that North Carolina commitment. And uh, Auburn's going to be looking at the grad transfer market and the transfer portal when the season ends. I know I know that for a fact. 
Duncan Matthews asks, say Oklahoma loses to Baylor this week, then wins the Big 12 championship later on. Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12. And Auburn wins out, but LSU still wins the SEC. LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are 1-3. and three. Who gets the fourth playoff spot? Definitely an argument for Auburn. I, I agree, Duncan. There would be an argument there that would have to be had. Um, yeah, there's just so many dominoes that have to fall. So many. Um, how much Booby Whitlow should we expect this weekend? Do you think DJ Williams will continue to be the lead back? I think they're going to split carries this, this weekend. Things will be pretty even between the two of them. Jacob Fleming, what can Auburn's offensive line do to neutralize Georgia's defensive line? What kind of crowd do you expect? Similar to 2017 game? Yeah, it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. Um, what? There was all that talk about some of the players calling out fans. I think specifically the student section that left early at the Ole Miss game. It, it's going to be packed. I mean, it's freaking Georgia. It's going to be packed, man. Um what can Auburn's all offensive line do to neutralize Georgia's defensive line? I'm going to tell you this. I want to see more GT counters. I want to see more runs out wide. I want to see more Anthony Schwartz. I want to see more Sean Shivers. And I want DJ Williams to be the guy that's running between tackles. Kevin Camp asks, why do some say our passing offense is elementary? What should we change to make it more like LSU's? Uh, I guess hire Joe Brady and let Joe Brady be the passing game coordinator. I, I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. Gus Malzahn is who he is. I don't see that his passing concepts really ever changing. He's changed a little bit this year, but a drastic change. I'm not sure we're ever going to see that. It's just, just how it is. Uh, Mary Kate. Hey, Mary Kate. She says, hi, friend. Miss you. I love you. Oh, well, thanks, Mary-Kate, our former intern here at Auburn Undercover. We miss you, too. I hope things are well at the uh, radio station in Montgomery, and I love all of you. Thank you guys for listening to this latest episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for uh, waiting for the delay, having to deal with the delay. I'm sorry about that. I got sick, and uh, it's no no excuse. I should have battled. You know how people battle through sicknesses and stuff? I'm like jealous of them. I don't see how they do it. <laughs> like stomach bugs, man. Like I can't move. I'm afraid to move. <laughs> you know? Um, when I got the flu, ooh, I ain't moving at all, man. I am laying in bed, shaking, sweating, cold, all that. Um, I don't see how people do that. So I commend every one of you battle through that all the time. Um, I'm lucky enough. I have a job where I could take a few hours off because it's a 24 seven job and I can, I work seven days a week and I have other people who can help out, but also I can work from bed sometimes literally calling sources from bed. Um, but, uh, anyway, thanks for dealing with the delay guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Auburn undercover podcast. We're going to try and do a round table podcast with all the guys, uh, later this week. And of course there's going to be much more coverage on the Auburn Georgia game throughout the week at auburn.247sports.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. 
from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.